1: This is the Falcoholic Podcast, official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am David Walker, and on tonight's special NFL Draft first-round podcast, I am joined by Dave Choate, Editor-in-Chief at the Falcoholic. Dave, thanks for joining me.
2: I am having trouble finding my mute button, but I'm very (laughs) glad to be here. (laughs) Uh,
1: Similarly, I am joined by my partner in crime, the Forever Mad Online, Gina Mad Online Kelly. Gina, how are you doing?
3: I am doing great, David. Even better after that number four pick. How
1: are you? Fantastic. And last, and certainly not least, we are joined by the amazing Will McFadden. Will, how are you doing, buddy?
0: I really wanted Mac Jones, so I'm not doing well right now. <laughs> um, I mean, it was it was really between I know everybody was saying Fields or Lands, but it was kind of Jones or Mond for me. So I'm not in, I'm in a dark place right now. Honestly, I'm sorry to bring this energy to the pod, but maybe you guys can cheer me up.
1: I I, w- I was a Jamie Newman. Uh, fan for the first round pick. So I feel you Um, with that. We are talking about the Falcons first round pick. Uh, They did stay at the number four pick. They, no trades happened. Uh, No trades happened in the first three picks as was pretty much expected. And honestly, I think the first wild card was at number three with the 49ers picking up Trey Lance instead of Mac Jones, uh, which meant that uh, Justin Fields was on the board at number four. And yet the Falcons, have appeared to double down on the Matt Ryan era, at least for the next year or two. We'll wait and see what they do uh, in this draft, in the second round, third round, et cetera. But right now it looks like Matt Ryan will be the starter at minimum for the, the next year, maybe even two years and beyond uh, with this selection. So Dave, I'm gonna go to you first on this one. Uh, Kyle Pitts, what do you think about the pick? What do you think this means about the future Falcons? Yeah. I,
2: you know, I said a little bit earlier this evening that I thought the Falcons really had to go one of two routes. They had to say, we're drafting our quarterback of the future. And after the next year or two, we're really going to go all in on that guy. Or we're going to support Matt Ryan. We think we can win with Matt Ryan right now. And we have to give him every opportunity to do so. And I think the Kyle Pitts pick indicates they're going to do the latter, right? You know, Matt Ryan For, you know, the flaws that he does have, certainly we we all look at him and think, you know, he could have made a deep throw here. He could have not taken the sack. He has aged exceptionally well. He's still a very talented quarterback. He's still very good. And I think that people who say, well, you know, Dirk Cutter is kind of an excuse for Matt Ryan are ignoring the fact that that Matt Ryan and really no other quarterback could survive in a Dirk Cutter (laughs) offense. And I think... Arthur Smith taking this over is a great outcome for Ryan. He's going to play to his strengths. And I think this is a clear sign that the Falcons, after spending time with Ryan, really getting to know who he is and his talent and his leadership abilities are saying, at least for the next couple of years, maybe three to five years beyond this, we are all in on building a winner with that. And I think the Kyle Pitts pick, whether or not they trade julio jones is all about giving him the kind of weapon that defenses are going to struggle to defend and helping him age more gracefully as he inevitably loses a little bit of his fastball um you know going into the future so for me like justin fields was a quarterback who was hard to pass up. i think he's so talented i think he's going to be a special player i'm a little disappointed in some ways that the falcons didn't end up with him but I have always been a Matt Ryan booster ever since he was drafted, and I realized how wrong I was going to be about his career (laughs) trajectory. And he is a player who has not really lost a lot of what made him special in the first place. And I think that for the longest time, people have mistaken the Falcons' lack of success for Matt Ryan's limitations. And I think we're about to see, with a brighter offensive mind and with the talent on hand, just how special Matt Ryan can be. Now whether that translates with maybe a so-so defense and, and being the Falcons franchise and being deeply cursed into actually winning something, I don't know. But I do think that putting Pitts in the mix with at least Ridley, Gage, Hayden Hurst, you know, Mike Davis at running back, probably some other additions in the near future, and you know, maybe Julio Jones as well, is about making this offense Special enough to win in an NFC South that's a little bit shaky right now. And I I think as much as I may have loved fields, I see the logic here. And I think people need to realize Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot are hitching their career prospects on Matt Ryan being able to succeed with these guys. And so that's what this Kyle Pitts pick is all about. And I think ultimately, if Pitts is even 80 percent as special as he's built to be, He's going to be a difference maker
1: and the Falcons are going to benefit from this pick. Yeah, and I want to be very clear with our listeners. Um, Within even the Falcoholics walls, we've had many arguments, disagreements about what the Falcons should do with this pick. Uh, Like many of you, we all have very strong opinions. Uh, We have several of our writers who are all in on going with a QB. Several of us were fans of trading down, and there were several of us who were fans of a a generational potential generational player uh, like Kyle Pitts. So. I do think that there is a strong argument to be made for all of these, and I don't begrudge anybody who wanted the quarterback. I think that would have made a ton of sense. Um, it, we're going to get to see Kyle Pitts uh, in the black and red in 2021, and that could be a lot of fun. So, Gina, I'm going to go to you next. Um, I want to get your your thoughts on Kyle Pitts and what this means for the future of the franchise
3: yeah he's just such an exciting versatile player um it gives the falcons and matt ryan especially another really dynamic weapon assuming that arthur blank can or arthur blank gosh it's already been a very long day arthur smith can figure out the run game and that this, the offensive line can keep matt ryan upright i think that we are going to have a lot of fun watching this falcons offense i mean to have players with the talent of julio jones calvin Ridley. Kyle Pitts. It's just going to be a really, really explosive offense, and I cannot wait to see it. I'm actually thrilled about it. You guys know that I would have loved Justin Fields. I'm a huge Ohio State homer. I was wearing my Ohio State shirt in anticipation. I was going to post a bunch of like gloating photos and yell a bunch about the Ohio State University, but I'm okay with this. I mean, I think that Pitts gives them something that they really could use right now. And I actually kind of like that they're not going full in on a rebuild and like building for the future. I would like to win some games. I'm tired of losing. And I think that Kyle Pitts gives them a better chance to do that.
1: At minimum, the game should be fun.
3: <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> um, uh, well, so we know that, uh, Arthur Smith in 2020 ran the most sets with two tight ends in the NFL as offensive coordinator for the Titans. Um, with that in mind, how do you feel about this uh, Kyle Pitt selection versus taking Justin Fields, who was available at four? Um, you know, I I love it. I'll
0: support it because clearly, you know this this was kind of the scenario I wanted because. There would have been a weird thing if Justin Fields was maybe surprisingly taken at three. And then the Falcons sit at four and take pits. And then forever we're as Falcons fans linking those two players and wondering where did the Falcons, if Fields was there, would the Falcons have rather had him? And was this their second choice? And so I like that no, it wasn't. They wanted Pitts and they got Pitts, even though Fields was there. So I like that. And it makes sense schematically because like you said, Arthur Smith ran the most 12 personnel in Tennessee and his tight ends were not nearly as good as Hayden Hurst and Kyle Pitts are combined. But what I think Arthur Smith does really well is, yes, he marries the scheme to his players, but he also manipulates and dictates to the defense with his scheme, which is something that Kyle Shanahan does better than anybody else in the NFL. And I like that Arthur Smith takes the same approach. So on the field together, you can give a two tight end look with a running back in the backfield and two wide receivers, you know, however far away from from kind of the center of the action. That to a defense means a run or at least, you know, a greater likelihood of a running play. But from that formation or personnel grouping, the Falcons will have Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Kyle Pitts, Hayden Hurst, and a running back coming out of the backfield. It could be Cordarell Patterson. That's five legitimately good receiving options, better receiving options, you know, that's probably the best top five in the NFL out of a 12 formation look. And you're giving it to a guy who is extremely comfortable out of operating out of 12 personnel. And, you know, Gina, Mm -hmm. I think you mentioned getting the run game back on track and things like that. Weirdly by adding to their passing attack, they're going to help their run game because they're going to show looks to defenses that force them to decide, do we go base and try to defend the run, which is what this formation is telling us is coming? Or do we go nickel because of all of the offensive receiving talent on this field? And if they go nickel, you run the ball. If they're in base, you throw the ball. You have a veteran quarterback in Matt Ryan, who is a year younger than Aaron Rodgers was when he won the MVP last year and is four years younger than Tom Brady was when he won a Super Bowl last year, but is a former league MVP, and he gets to decide what the Falcons are going to do at the line of scrimmage. And I cannot wait to see it. And oh, by the way, we just added the generational talent that runs faster than everybody that is longer arms than everybody. I feel like we just drafted Kevin Durant to play tight end and we should all be <laughs> celebrating because we get to watch that up close every single Sunday for hopefully 13 years to come. So I'm excited.
1: Yeah. and Dave, I've seen you say a little bit that, uh the GM Terry Fontenot and head coach Arthur Smith are banking their careers uh, on Matt Ryan, essentially. And uh, at this point, I I mean, in normal circumstances, a new GM, new head coach come in, they don't have a former MVP quarterback. Usually if you're inheriting a franchise, you're inheriting one that probably has not been winning and probably needs a quarterback. Um, Do you think it is, Really, that risky of a proposition to to sort of hitch your uh, your ride to Matt Ryan, someone who, again, when he was in a more creative, more unpredictable offense, had one of the top ten best seasons statistically of any quarterback in NFL history. Um, or do you feel like that you know fans are going to sort of look back and say we missed our opportunity to grab that next guy, and that's the big uh, the big takeaway here. Do you feel like that now they need to get? a deep playoff front. They need to get back to the Super Bowl and they need to get that ring to justify not going at quarterback with, with this number four pick.
2: There's so many factors here, right? Like how do these quarterbacks work out? How does fields work out? How does Jones work out? Um, before you say that, but at the same time, yeah, I, I think absolutely. You have to show that you can be successful. Um, with Matt Ryan at the helm of this offense, um, or otherwise it's clear to me that you've made a mistake. Like it's one thing if Fields is a huge bust, which I don't think is going to happen, but obviously if that's the case, you say they dodged a bullet, you know, they, they ended up choosing the right outcome, even if they don't make that Super Bowl run. But if you know that unlikely situation doesn't happen and Fields is pretty good, Yes, I, I think you look at that and you say, you know, they bet on Matt Ryan, so what did they get out of it? And, and to my mind, what's really significant about this is not so much Arthur Smith, but Terry Fontenot. You know, Fontenot talked <coughs> at introductory press conference about being,
1: you know, a black
2: GM, which is, is unfortunately a rare thing in this league, you know, for an executive in that position to be a black man taking this position. And how difficult it is to succeed and, you know, being able to pave the way for the future generation, hopefully of, you know, black executives in this league for him to hitch his wagon to Matt Ryan and say, this is the guy we're going to build around. To me, that is a tremendous statement of faith because, you know, Mm -hmm. unfortunately again, guys like Fontenot do not get this opportunity as often as they should in the NFL. And for them to, say, yes, we think that, you know, choosing Kyle Pitts and, and really building around the quarterback that we have in place and believing in this coaching staff to get the most out of him, um, it, it's a tremendous statement. And I think that this team really looks at this roster with all the tolls, which I think are significant, particularly on defense, and say, you know, we can go back to the playoffs in the next year or two. You know, we can make a Super Bowl run, which is, I believe what they're saying. That is a tremendous statement of faith in Ryan. It's a tremendous statement of faith in this coaching staff and front office's ability to evaluate talent. So, you know, I don't think that should go unremarked upon. Like, this is not, you know, as a fan, I don't have a lot of skin in this game. You know, at the end of the day, like, I want Matt Ryan to succeed. I want the Falcons to succeed. If they don't, I will be a fan five to ten years from now. Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith will not have these jobs five to ten years from now, much less maybe even three years from now, if this really falls apart. So this is a bet on Matt Ryan. This is a bet on the talent you have on offense, and, and I think it's a significant bet and I do think they have to succeed with it.
1: Will, with that said, uh, we've seen Matt Ryan in Atlanta now since 2008. He is going to be 36 years old this year. Um, obviously, Tom Brady play is still playing in his early 40s. I think he's 43 this year. As a matter of fact, uh, we saw Drew Brees just now retire at 42 years old. Um, how long do you think uh, with this pick? I mean, Kyle, Kyle Pitts is basically the Falcons saying, okay, we're gonna double down on uh, our former MVP quarterback. How long do you think they're gonna ride this out? Do you think this is still maybe just a one or two year deal and they're gonna try to find the quarterback maybe in the later rounds this year or maybe you know next year? Or do you feel like now there, there is more of a commitment Uh, to Matt Ryan and building an elite top tier offense around him.
3: Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com.
0: Uh, first off, I, I forgotten Tom Brady was 43. So I believe I de-aged him three years earlier and he doesn't need my help in any way, shape, or form. So I regret doing that. Um, (laughs) but I, I think that, you know, something that has been talked a lot about with, uh, Jacksonville and Urban Meyer and people saying, you know, well, he wouldn't have come to Jacksonville if, if he didn't know that Trevor Lawrence was going to come as well. So it's not even, you know, worth, brooking an argument that they're not going to take Trevor Lawrence because you know that's why Urban Meyer's coming and I think you can almost apply maybe the same logic now to Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot choosing Atlanta because those were two of the hottest candidates kind of in this coaching and GM search and we know that they both got other interviews and other interviews right around the time Atlanta was talking to them which there's a chance, I think, that they decided and, and told Arthur Blank that Matt Ryan's very much in our plan. In fact, he's a reason we're coming here because, you know, he may not be Aaron Rodgers, he may not be Patrick Mahomes, but we know for a fact you can go to a Super Bowl with him. He is only 36. Matt Ryan stated that he believes he can play into his 40s. And, you know, today's point, he has been extremely durable. There's no reason right now to believe that that's not possible, you know. I wonder if, if the number of sacks he's taken over the years will eventually catch up to him, but I'm not ready to say that that's happening right now. And so I think that we've also done this thing in the media where you hear something that sounds smart or maybe something that you don't know 100% about, but you trust where you're hearing it from. And then you hear it enough that you just start to kind of repeat it. And one of those examples is that, you know, It's just not the best quarterback class, you know, the next couple of drafts I'm hearing it's a little weak that they should probably take one from this year's group because there's not much out there the next year. Zach Wilson came out of nowhere. Joe Burrow came out of nowhere. There's quarterbacks in every single draft that the year before you're not necessarily expecting them to be there, but then all of a sudden Baker Mayfield has a crazy season and goes number one overall. So I look at this as an example of you have a veteran still in his prime quarterback, with some pieces to work with, maximize the offense, keep him in place. And then if that windows two years, maybe, but it depends probably now more on how Matt Ryan plays. And then if he's playing like he's played throughout his career, then maybe you extend him to a three-year deal with an out after two years. And by that point, the quarterbacks coming out in the draft aren't even in college yet. So what are we talking about here? It's, this is an opportunity to maximize the final years of Matt Ryan, which was one of the options we all talked about. And in hindsight, maybe it is the smartest option. And you're going to maximize, you're going to give an offensive coach kind of every weapon in the toolbox. And I'm going to be really curious to see the rest of this draft for Atlanta and how many defensive players are selected, because I kind of, that would maybe be the strategy I would take is, is grab an offensive lineman. If you like one there, Maybe a running back, but then you give me four defensive players, and in the past two drafts, that's you know eight defensive player. Like, really try to retool that side of the ball because Matt Ryan kind of has everything he needs, minus one maybe two offensive linemen, and that's an exciting prospect.
1: Yeah, um, Gina, thinking about this um, just from the standpoint of uh, putting butts in seats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because uh, Arthur Blank, obviously, uh, with the NFL basically committing to having full stadiums again in in 2021 and ongoing, um, they're concerned about getting fans excited about this team again. And Mm -hmm. say what you want about defense and how important it is and and the Falcons still needing to dedicate a lot of resources to rebuilding that. But if you can put an exciting offense on the field, that's going to put butts in seats again. People are going to yeah. show up to see a talent like Kyle Pitts uh, regardless of whether or not he's, you know, going to make the team significantly better. Do you think that that was a factor as well? Do you think there is an element of finding sort of that next superstar? Uh, that will take over the mantle after Julio Jones, that guy who's going to be your all pro at a position for several years. Do you think that was a factor as well where they're seeing this guy as potentially someone who you put on the front of the marquee at Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the next 10 years?
3: Yeah, I think that it's a I think it's a combination of factors. And I think that was probably certainly consideration. I mean, especially with COVID teams have obviously lost a ton of revenue. Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I mean, you guys have all gotten the mentions from Saints fans like, oh, your stadium's so empty. No wonder you had to pump in fake crowd noise, all this nonsense. And I mean, I know that Arthur Blank obviously wants to fill those seats. It, Every owner does. So I think that that's definitely a consideration and they have so much talent. This offense sh- should be explosive and fun to watch. I also think that it has something to do with, you know, hopefully you're not picking in the top five very often. And right. so on um, the rare occasions when you do, I personally think that it makes a lot more sense to get a generational type of player like Kyle Pitts instead of, you know, throwing that pick at somebody else who isn't nearly as exciting. And so I think that it's probably a combination of factors, but yeah, I think that absolutely getting butts and seats probably was a consideration there.
1: Yeah. And it's funny. We've heard a lot of the talk around Kyle Pitts, um, Sort of like, okay, if you draft him, uh, you know, he's uh, not going to fix your franchise, et, et cetera. But I would argue that if you bring in a rookie quarterback, let's say four years from now. So let's just presume Matt Ryan retires after four years when he's uh, 39 going into his age 40 year. You bring in a young quarterback. At that point, Kyle Pitts will only be 24 years old. He is 20 <laughs> years old right now. He'll turn 21 in October. Um, having a weapon like Kyle Pitts ready and at, in his prime for your rookie quarterback is a great way to bring in a rookie into the NFL, to have that safety blanket that you can uh, uh, absolutely turn to. And obviously we are assuming that Kyle Pitts will, will turn into that player or you don't draft this guy at four. So we're, we're making okay. some assumptions. Um, but it, in my mind – Having this guy, he's going to be on your team for 10, 12 years. Uh, this is a guy that you're not thinking, oh, when we bring in the next quarterback, he's not going to be around. No, he's going to be like 24, 25 years old. He's going to be in his prime, arguably you know, hitting that point where the game is slowing down for him. And he is going to be there for your rookie quarterback, whoever replaces Matt Ryan down the road. So in my mind, this is still a great move because you're getting a fantastic player uh, and he's going to be with you for the long haul.
3: Yeah, locked in on a rookie deal too, which is a really important consideration at a skill position, because the tight end has you know kind of been emphasized with players like George Kittle and uh, Travis Kelsey and the NFL. Um, and so, to be able to lock in a skill position guy on a rookie deal for five years, you know, potentially five years if they pick up the option, is you know really a smart move in terms of the cap too. Um, I do also just want to say that. I had to like catch my breath a minute when you he said he's 20 because I've realized that Kyle Pitts is younger than both of my children. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, I, I'm got, like, I'm going to need a few minutes to come to contemplate my entire existence.
1: <laughs> oh, I feel that so much, my friend. <laughs> uh, Dave, one last thought I want to get in before we go around the horn for closing thoughts. Um, uh, Terry Fond, came from the saints and he watched as Mickey Loomis and the saints sort of doubled down on Drew Brees Uh, and I know a lot of people like to point to that as a cautionary tale, but I I would like to remind people that the saints went to the playoffs the last several years, um, with what they did and sort of restocking the talent around breeze. Um, and Arthur Smith in Tennessee, uh, had a lot of success with a quarterback that was basically a, a bomb with the team that drafted him. You know, when he brought in, um, Oh God, what's his name from, uh, from Miami, um, Oh my word! The quarterback for the Titans, help me out of here, guys. Um,
3: Ryan Tannehill. Ryan I had to unmute. I'm sorry. I was like, I'm muted. I'm muted. I kept yelling, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill.
1: Yes. Uh, so Dave, uh, both Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot have been in recent situations where they they were winning with guys that were either you know good quarterbacks but past their prime or decent quarterbacks, but in a great system. Do you think that factored into the equation? And do you think that that is sort of how they're viewing this, where they're they're treating Ryan in the same way that Fontenot watched Mickey Loomis do with with Drew Brees as he finished out career in New Orleans?
2: Yes. Um, So I, I think it is a similar situation. I think that even if the the Titans and the Saints were ultimately a little bit off in terms of how much faith they put into those players, um, you know this is a, this is a background that's informed by being able to win with veteran guys that for one reason or another teams didn't believe were good enough to win you a Super Bowl. And with mm-hmm. Tannehill, it was because you know the start of his career was fairly mediocre, really. And with Breeze, it was because and this proved to be true, his arm was sort of falling apart. It was shot toward the end. But these were still really good football teams with those players. And I think the fact that both of them had that experience absolutely informs what they've decided to do here with Ryan. And, you know, as I said on Twitter a short time ago, we don't know for sure that a year or two from now, this team won't take a hard look at their roster and decide to move on from Ryan. But I think they've decided... Based on his injury history, based on his success, based on what he can do with good play callers and and great weapons around him, you know, that this is the smart play. This is the way to go forward, at least in the short term, and try to win some games. And, you know, Rich McKay and Arthur Blank were very clear at the beginning of this whole thing that they were going to try to win in the short term. They did not believe that this Falcons team needed a multi-year teardown. And whether we all agree with that or not, um, you know, you can see the Falcons taking that approach right now and saying, you know, ultimately we're not that far away from being able to return to relevance. And it is informed by the experience they've had with previous quarterbacks. And it's also informed by the fact that Ryan, you know, for whatever flaws he may have is still a really good quarterback. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, for Arthur Smith, it's got to be a point of pride that, you know, Ryan's best seasons came with Kyle Shanahan and Steve Sarkeesian at the height of his powers. And, and Arthur Smith has to believe ultimately that he can be at least as good as those guys. And that, you know, giving Matt Ryan a weapon like Kyle Pitts on top of the other guys on that roster is going to be enough to make this offense great. And you, you hired a defensive coordinator whose job it is to figure out, how to at least get you to decent on that side of the ball. And so, you know, when you look at what these two guys have been through Fontenot and Smith and, and the success that they've had to this point, you know, they, they believed in a veteran quarterback because they believed in veteran quarterbacks before who were cast offs or, you know, maybe dismissed for one reason or another. And and I think that is an important piece of the puzzle here.
1: Yes, and with that said, um, we're going to get some final thoughts as we wrap up this NFL uh, draft night. First round, 2021, uh, Falcons have taken at number four, tight end Kyle Pitts out of Florida. Uh, So, Gina, I will start with you first as you wrap it up. Any final thoughts? And likewise, tell our listeners where they can find you.
3: Yeah, you can find me at Gina Thomas on Twitter. And my final thoughts are, I love the pick. I mean, I've been saying for a while that Pitts is the pick that I – I like to be right and so that's always a nice thing and um, yeah like as much as I could have understood going in a number of different directions there particularly you know selecting a quarterback I think the way that the board fell Pitts was the obvious choice for Atlanta's current needs I love the choice and I'm really excited to see him in red and black
1: all right Uh, Will McFadden same question to you sir
0: well, picking up uh, right where Gina left off, uh, yeah, get him out of that orange and blue, uh, get him into the red and black <laughs> where he uh, truly belongs. So, you know, Kyle Pitts, welcome, welcome to the dog club. Um, but I think you, sitting with this for a second, letting it soak in, this feels like the spiritual ancestor of Calvin Johnson mm-hmm. in 2007. And Mm -hmm. I know that there were a lot of Falcons fans in that draft that just envisioned Calvin Johnson running down, you know, the field and wearing the red and black, making incredible plays. We were fortunate enough to get essentially the clone of that in Julio Jones, but this pick feels more in line with those two types of, you know, when you talk about generational talent and, you know, oddly enough, generational talent, that uh, tag comes along more than once a generation. So not everybody is a, truly turns out to be a generational talent, but there are those sure. that do, and he feels closer to that. And I'm really excited just to see how Arthur Smith decides to really orchestrate this offense, and how does he get enough touches for everybody? Because this almost starts to feel like a basketball team with like four Carmelo Anthonys on it who all need <laughs> their – 20 30 (laughs) shots a game and and it's kind of like well who who do you feed it to so that's going to be really fascinating to me but hey terry Fontenot said at the beginning of all of this best player available and i think they got the best player available so well said those are my final thoughts follow me at will mcfadden for uh just some other great incredible insight that you won't get anywhere else and
1: see you on the flip side excellent dave Final thoughts, and, of course, where to find you.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, to me, so much of the last decade has been defined by how special Julio Jones is, and the Falcons didn't win a Super Bowl. They came close. I wish they had. God, it hurts. But watching Julio Jones has been an experience as a football fan, and I think we need to back up a little bit and realize that we're football fans. We are not in that front office, you know we got to enjoy this. We really do. And enjoyment can be hard to come by as a Falcons fan. And Julio Jones has been an amazing player to watch. And in Kyle Pitts, you see a guy who could be the Julio Jones of his position, somebody who's spectacular, somebody who creates moments that you'll be talking about for the rest of your life. And so, you know, whatever misgivings we have about the direction the Falcons are taking, Kyle Pitts is a player worth Being excited about, and I am excited about him. And I think, you know, in the days and weeks ahead, as I think more about how he's going to be included in this offense, I'm going to be tremendously excited. And I will write something about this at the Falcoholic. And of course, you can follow us for the great podcast takes we have here Falcoholic Live, all the takes on the website, and a lot more draft coverage as we get through. And don't forget about this the eight remaining picks that the Falcons (laughs) still have to improve this roster, because guess what? We have one pass rusher who's coming off an injury marred season. We have a safety problem. We have a left guard problem. This is not over. And so even if you're disappointed in tonight's outcome, let's see what's ahead. You know, I'm excited to see a new direction for this team. And whether or not it works out right now, it's fair to be filled with optimism.
1: Yep, absolutely. Uh, To wrap this up, Uh, I will just say this. Will made the comparison a little bit earlier, and I think it's a good one. Um, Calvin Johnson was a guy that when he got on the field, both in college and in the pros, uh, just absolutely dominated opponents, double teamed, triple teamed, didn't matter. Uh, We've seen some of that from Kyle Pitts in college and uh, just the inability to really stop this guy when he hit his stride. Uh, let's hope that he lives up to some version of that, because if he does, he could end up being that true generational talent, uh, and he will be fun to watch, not just in the Matt Ryan era, but potentially for 10, 12, 15 years from now, uh, if this guy has the kind of career that we think he is potentially going to have. Uh, so I love this pick. I agree. It's BPA, BPA, BPA. d if you're out there, I'm sure you're smiling from ear to ear <laughs> with that best player available. Uh, so as for you guys you can follow me at falcoholic dw on twitter updates for this podcast at falcoholic pod and of course our articles and draft coverage daily at thefalcoholic.com so for david choke gina kelly and will mcfadden this is david walker thank you guys for tuning in we'll talk with you next time